Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 385. We're on a three a week this week. This is part three of the Where's Your Head At podcast series on the Distraction Pieces podcast. The reason I decided to do these episodes was I was realising that a lot of people were talking about the excitement of coming out of this and pubs being open And I was feeling kind of anxious in places about the return to to what, how things were before. And yeah, I wanted to talk to people. I also felt, as said, so much, we've been through so much in isolation that I feel we, because it's been such a long time as well, we may come back and genuinely have the kind of, have you been? Yeah, all right. (laughs) You know, rather than, well, you know what? In October, in October, when there was when the weather was bad and we were still under some new restrictions and there was another spike, I was struggling and stuff like that, you know. So I wanted to have some great people on to have these conversations. Um, if you've missed the previous episodes, go and check them out. I've had my mum my on, I've had my goddaughter on, I've had Stephen Graham on, Paparasea Do, Gal Porter, Florence Pugh, Tez Ilias, Rob Alton, so many good people. And this week, I'm going to have... Fern Cotton on, Jordan Stevens of Rizzle Kicks, Rob Parker, and Jordan Gray. But I'm going to start things off by having one of my dearest friends on because I wanted her perspective as a single mum. You heard in the last episode from her daughter, Lola, my goddaughter. But I wanted to have a chat with Amy Ballman, the host of the Mum and Mama podcast, which I can't recommend strongly enough. In fact, I'd recommend Fern Cotton to go on Mum and Mama. And it, I, I recommend everyone to go on Mama Mama, to be completely honest. But yeah, it's a really good podcast. And it started at the start of this pandemic. So yeah, I wanted to chat to Amy about all of that, about her how her mental health has been, how it's been being a single mum, because you're just, the pandemic means you're essentially in the big br- br- brother house, but, but the other contestants are two tiny people that you pushed out of yourself years ago, um, which is a weird scenario, right? So yeah, let's hear from Amy Bullman of the Mum and Mama podcast. Right, I'm here today with Amy Bullman. How are you, Amy? I'm very well, thank you, Pip. Good, good, good. The point of these these chats, as I mean, everyone was, is going to hear this a million times on these now, but it's to <laughs> have 10, 10, 20 minute chat about kind of how the pandemic has been for you mental health wise and one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you specifically number one obviously you, you you're one of my closest friends but you're a single mum so that was a lot and you started a podcast not knowing a pandemic was about to start and it literally started <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic so I also wonder if that's 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 helped your mental health in any way to have these scheduled conversations on the regular yeah, so yeah I mean how's it been in general from a parenthood point of view and just from your own mental health I also know again I'm giving all the the pre-information here I also know <laughs> pr- prior to this you'd got really into a local gym and you got yes, really into your yes. fitness and yeah. that all closed so you lost the fitness that had become a key part of your mental health I think at that point you'd gained constant children which yep. again can be a key positive <laughs> and negative on mental health and you'd added a podcast so yeah how's it all been 
Oh, well, since you asked me to do this, I have been thinking a lot because I do think a lot about my mental health in general, because on the whole, I think my mental health is good. But I have I had to suffer from skin conditions and people think that it's stress related, but I don't feel stressed in Mm. myself really rarely ever. And I did speak to a counsellor about it because I was like, if my skin problems are a result of stress that I'm not aware of, how do you then become aware of being stressed? Yeah, do you know what and, I mean? do I, and do I want to be aware of it? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, if I, I become yeah. aware of it, then it's you know. It yeah, <laughs> but I don't think it is. I think it's just a mixture of hormones and hay fever and all that shit. But yeah. on the whole, I've been all right. I think I'm quite an easily pleased person. <laughs> I don't really do that much. I don't go out that much. I've got. I'm a single mum with two kids, so yeah. I don't really do that much. But I don't mind because I like my children. I quite like my life. I'm quite happy to sit in and watch TV of a night. I'm not really much of a pub person anyway. And I do appreciate the simple things. Like in the first lockdown, I was sunbathing pretty much all the time, which that's my dream. So that was fine. (laughs) My girls are good. So I'm very fortunate in the fact that I haven't got to scream at them all the time and they're not really a problem. And plus, in the first lockdown, they didn't really have that much schoolwork to do. Yeah. So it wasn't, I didn't have to do that on top of everything else as well. Oh, I mean, it turned out that <laughs> they had more than you knew, right? Because in the first lockdown, you thought they'd been doing all their schoolwork. <laughs> and then when you actually got feedback, you're like, all right, they've not done any of this. They did. <laughs> they did. Oh, I can't remember now. No, I do remember that Lola, I think, had been like, oh, yeah, I've done it all. And then she hadn't. But it was fine. They're fine. Um, But also in the first lockdown, my wonderful gym, Blueprint Fitness in South Woodford, went online. And I was literally doing like two workouts a day. Yeah. Which I've done my shoulder. So I think that probably was a bit excessive. But you're right when you said mental health exercise has really saved my mental health. Yeah. unbelievably since becoming a single parent and obviously it's nice to f- have the benefits of how I've changed how I look but it is purely the mental health like I couldn't run because I got into running as well and I I wasn't that well over Christmas and I didn't run for a while and I genuinely missed it yeah and when I first started running I hated it and I was like why does anyone enjoy this it's so boring but it obviously it's the endorphins or whatever that it creates that I've then missed but um Yes, I was working out a lot and the first lockdown was absolutely fine. But the second lockdown was a lot harder. But I think that everyone that I've spoken to has felt that. I don't know if it's just in general, we've just all so had enough of this by now. Obviously, the weather was shit. It wasn't as light outside because it's winter. Also, the kids had a lot more schoolwork to do. Because I think at that point, everyone was having to acknowledge that this was a long-term thing. I think the first one, even the schools were a little bit like... It'll be a little while, but, you know, it doesn't matter that much. It's not that important. Well, it was like four yeah. weeks or something. When it first happened, it was like, it's, they're going to be shut for four weeks, and that turned into six months. Or I mean, mm. it was just, no one had a clue, did we, what was coming. Yeah. Um, but they were a lot more organised the second time around. And I did find that hard because, so Juno's seven and Lola's ten. Lola just gets on with it. She's very, she is really sensible, and she's. I'm very grateful that she's, she just gets on with it and you know I don't really need to worry about her Juno does get on with it but she spends a lot of time on things which don't need to take that long and again I'm very fortunate we have two computers because I've got my computer and then my old computer 
but they both had to have a device to work on. So that means that I couldn't do my work during the day because they were on the computer. Yeah. So I kind of wanted them to hurry up a bit because I need to get on with what I've got to do. Yeah. So it was, my days were just very long. Like I remember everyone was like, oh, we've, we've run out of things to watch on TV. I'm like, how do you have time to watch TV? <laughs> like, I'm all day on with the kids doing schoolwork, feeding them. I mean, it's amazing how much food they want constantly and then hoovering three times a day because they just, it's like they just throw it around. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as they finish their schoolwork, I then start my work and hardest thing for me was never having a moment to myself because I was I was I never had any time because if I wasn't dealing with them I was then dealing with work stuff and then while I was dealing with work stuff I'd still have them asking me a million questions or and I did start getting I suppose it's frustration and a bit of anxiety because it's just like you want to scream but you can't scream because it's not their fault and it's well it's not anyone's fault is it so but I wasn't I didn't cry apart from when I was watching sad films and I was due on, it wasn't any more, you know, <laughs> and it still wasn't too bad. Like I, I am very grateful. I'm grateful for the fact that I've got a house and I've got a job to do. I didn't lose any of my jobs, which is mm-hmm. great. The kids are healthy. My mum and dad are all right. I'm all right. You know, I am, I am grateful for the things cause I know it could be a lot worse. So it never really got that bad, but I did read an interesting, um, thing that another single parent that I follow on Instagram posted and she said that because it was she posted it when everything was kind of starting to open again so like the other week and she was like for some of us it's actually been quite nice during lockdown because we can't go out anyway as single parents as much unless you've you're very financially stable and you can afford to pay babysitters so our social life's kind of been brought to home, you know, via Zoom. My yeah. gym classes have gone online, so that meant I could get up and do an early class, whereas normally I can't do that because I can't go to the gym and leave my kids at home on their own. So I have to go while they're at school, which means yeah. I have to go during work hours, which then eats into, you know, it means that I work later into the night. And it just made everyone, I suppose, kind of experience what it is to be a single parent a bit more. Yeah. And removing the kind of the fear of missing out options because people, no one can go out. It's not you saying I can't come. It's everyone going, well, should we all jump on Zoom? Yeah. Have a drink, have a wine or or whatever else. That's a great point that I hadn't really considered there. Well, I hadn't and I'm a single parent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you posted it, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, actually, because I'm – because I don't want to go out all the time. I, I've done my going out. I had a very nice time. (laughs) But I'm like, now I just – I'm quite happy not to do all that. You know, yeah. I still like going out every now and then, but it's not like I've got to go out every week. Yeah. So I don't really care. I quite like being indoors. But, of course, I can't go out. If, if I did, I, and then also, but I don't know if I am like that because I can't. I don't know if I've kind of talked myself into Adjusted the fact that it. I don't want yeah. to go out and do yeah. things because actually I can't, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I suppose it is, we are restricted a lot. Single parents are restricted a lot. Yeah. Unless you've got a lot of money I suppose or and then you feel like even if I did want to go out I've never had a a strange not a stranger babysitter but someone who isn't related to me look after the children because I'm lucky that I can get my family they're close by or friends that we know have looked after yeah. them. I was gonna say I'm qu- I'm quite strange but not, you not, are not technically strange. a stranger <laughs> <laughs> you're probably the strangest um <laughs> but yeah I've never had to pay anyone yeah but I don't know how f- comfortable I'd feel I mean I suppose they're a bit older now 
and it wouldn't be just be someone I'd get off Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be someone that was recommended, but people might not feel comfortable with that. That's one of the questions I have as we look to come out of this, because I know that you were someone, and a lot of particularly single parents have this, that you struggled initially when each of the girls started at school because they've previously had their whole time with you and now now they're, now they're going away. And it's more, you know, uh, it can be a real mix on who struggles most, the kid or the parent, but it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, can be, it can be even as well because I think yeah. particularly Ju- Juno, I seem to remember. No, or L- 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 a Juno would be absolute hell for being left and then yeah. flying out of nowhere. And then yeah, just, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's all wonderful. But I know that was an ad- ad- adjustment. And again, it ended up showing you all the things that you could be doing, like the gym and stuff like that yeah. that you've, you've got into. How do you feel coming out of this? Because you've kind of, it almost feels like, and we can talk about this as well because you had a great guest talk about it, but a, an addict who's got really good control of, of, <laughs> of, of their addiction suddenly have a year of being back on it and then go back to it. You, 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 you've had a year again where it's just you and the girls. Yeah. And I know you enjoy that. And I know I, I, yeah. I mock you for it privately because it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very amusing to me because I'm convinced it's not the girls who have the, the clinginess. But um, how are you feeling about that? Because again, it, as you say, everything you've said there, even with any negatives, it's all been quite, it's been quite nice and it's been it quite a been lovely nice. thing. And it's because you like your children so much. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I do. I love them. How do you feel as you come out and particularly as they're going to be a year older and whatever as well, they're going to be more yeah. in school, doing more after school stuff and things like that, that, that take them away more. Well, there was a change Lola's got into gaming, so yeah. she wants to spend, she plays online with her friends now a lot, which is brilliant. And that's been brilliant during the second lockdown as well, because they were both still interacting a lot with their friends. Yeah. But there has been a change because of a night, we'd watch TV together after dinner, but now Lola wants to go upstairs and play with her mates. And now Juno's kind of starting with that. So there has already been a bit Can't of imagine a... imagine it. That's so and grown like, up, isn't it? That feels know, like yeah. so teenager, doesn't it? But I'm going up to my room. Is, they are... She's yeah. 10, you know, yeah. she's going to be, she's got one year left of primary school. It's just going so fast. Yeah. But they, so there already has been that shift already. And I remember the first time she said it, I was like, what? <laughs> why don't you want to leave? Like, why don't you, you want to be? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is starting. Yeah. But that's fine. And I'm really happy for her. I'm happy that she's got her mates and she's becoming independent and she's finding out about the world. And now I want Juno to go so I can watch programs I want to watch, you know, that they can't watch. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm fine. I know you take the piss out of me all the time, but I do, I do love my children and I love being a mum and it's been lovely spending this time with them over this last year that you wouldn't normally, because they would be at school and it's yeah. been nice watching how they learn. And because obviously you're not at school, so you don't see how they interact yeah. with their teachers and, like Juno's quite clever and I was really shocked because she's such an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but she was she's actually quite intelligent but um I I've enjoyed it and that's what I kind of wanted I wanted to look at it this we've had an opportunity we'd never normally have Hmm. so to just kind of make the most of it and I I am fortunate that I do like my children and they don't annoy the hell out of me but I couldn't wait for them to go back like they were both because obviously we've just had the two weeks Easter holidays now and they were both like, oh, we don't want to go back to school. And I'm like, oh, you got to go back. And I was like, there's no way they're having any more time off because I do have, I've got to get on with my life. And 
believe me, like I drop them off at school, I'll go to the gym, come home. By the time I've eaten and gone through my emails, I've got to go and pick them up again. Like the day goes so quick Mm. and I do, I want to make the most of my time when they're not here because when they are here, I've just got to do everything for them and then I have to go back to work when they've gone to sleep. So I'm all right. I am all right. I'm getting, (laughs) I am going to get a dog though. Oh, really? (laughs) When we move, I'm going to get a dog. Perfect. I I just want to touch upon the gym one more time and one thing you said earlier about you kind of dismissed how obviously it's nice to be happier with how you look physically but it's more mental health I think yeah I think it's okay to to talk about those things I think a lot of people think it will come across as vain or arrogant but particularly for mothers who have had this period where their body feels out of their control do you know what I mean it's 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 got a job and it's a fucking huge job and an exhausting job, um, but it is a job that they don't have any control over. So I think there is something really empowering in taking that control back. And I'm not saying anyone should have any discomfort with how they look or anything, but even just knowing that you're in control of it for yeah. a moment and not getting super fit or whatever else, but just I've taken control back of my body because yeah. for years it's been a vessel for keeping these children alive. And yeah. now it's mine again. I get to... T- take take that control and i think because of body positivity which i think is one of the most important movements that's happened in recent years and needs yeah. to still still has a lot of work to do but i think in the process of that we shouldn't lose the fact that it's okay to be pr- proud of change if that's what you've, yeah. you've gone for and strove uh, and been st- striving for and again as as i i say to you all the time as well it's got to be you can't get too addicted to it because that's when you start injuring yourself and yes. doing too much yeah. and overworking. Yeah. So these things are to be kept an arm. But yeah, I think it's a positive thing to be able to go. It is good for my mental health, but also being proud of the changes I've made are good for my m- mental health. So I'm doing a half marathon on Sunday coming. So I've, and my friend's done me a training plan. So I've run, last month I run 100K, and this month I'm going to have run 100K after my next training run, and then I'm doing a half marathon. And I still can't actually believe that I'm saying these words because (laughs) I didn't. I never thought in a million years I'd be able to do anything like that. But I think, I don't really think about things. It's like when I go and get a tattoo done, people are like, oh, are you worried it's going to hurt? And I was like, I've not really thought about it. (laughs) I just live, I just deal with what's happening at the time do you know I mean like I don't really think to the future or I can't really believe what I've done but then I was like fucking hell like I can run for two and a half hours mm. I never thought I'd be able to do that but mad isn't it I've don't I'm not going to do it again and, and and you probably wouldn't be able to do it if there wasn't if there hadn't been a pandemic yeah because do you think running would have been as much yeah. of a priority I think there would have been far yeah. more other things in the gym that would have been a priority rather than running because the gym yeah. wasn't there well it's like I just wanted to set myself a challenge I guess but I don't it's nice to be able to do things and prove to myself like I'm 43 I've never been an exercise person I found exercise after I had Juno and I separated from their dad so she was about 18 months and I'd Mm -hmm. put on I put on five stone with my pregnancy with Juno like I ate the world and I was like I'm full well how I must have been 39 38 and I was like I'm single I don't like the way I look I'm not fit I want to get fit I want to get healthy and I want to make sure that I'm in the best shape I can be to ensure that I'm around for as long as I can be for the girls because I'm kind of all that well I'm not all they've got but you know I just wanted to make sure that I was in my best shape so that's kind of when I got into exercise 
uh, I was doing the body coach for a couple of years, which was brilliant. But then I kind of thought I need to move on from this. And I found my local gym, Blueprint Fitness, South Woodford, <laughs> that I love. And I just, I love feeling stronger. Like I can do press-ups. I never thought I'd be able to do that. You know, it's, and I really enjoy, I enjoy how it makes me feel mentally, but I do also enjoy how it makes me feel physically because I like feeling strong. I like being able to lift. I remember when at the start of the pandemic, I've got a storage bed. It's quite a heavy bed and I've got loads of shit in it. And it's got a massive headboard. And Juno managed to drop her iPad down the back of the headboard. And this was, I think this was right at the start of the pandemic. I had to go and get a prescription from Boots. And I'd had to queue up outside for an hour while the kids were in the car. Like it really wasn't a good day. And then we'd got home, she dropped the iPad. So I had to empty the contents of the entire bed out so I could then move the bed to, you know, and I've got a blow up bed in the bed and it's really heavy. And I remember after I'd done it all and I'd got it all out and put it back, I thought, fucking hell like I lifted that up and I did it all and I didn't really notice that it was a big deal like I know in the past it's been really heavy but I was like oh I'm quite a lot stronger than (laughs) like you just kind of don't know and I remember thinking oh my god that's amazing like this is actually paying off and also because I am on my own I do all the stuff in the house like I don't have anyone to help and it's I like being able to do it I like not having to rely on someone else to have to do things for me so that's important for me as well to think this is all me you know. I love it. Well, um, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> there we go. That was Amy Borman of the Mum and Mama podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. If this is the first episode you've listened to, go back to the last one and listen to her daughter, Lola. And from one mum to another, Fern Cotton is someone who I've had on previously. Again, I should mention all of these guests I've had on previously. So if you're a new fan, go back into the back catalogue. J- j- just search on your favourite podcast app or on Google, Distraction Pieces Podcast, and then the name, for example, Fern Cotton. So yeah, Fern is amazing. And her Happy Place podcast is so inspirational. And the conversation that me and Fern had a year or so ago, first, or well, we recorded them back to back. I went on her podcast and she went on mine. And it really, it's, the duck with me so much i felt that in the in the the course of that podcast i'd made a genuine friend so she was someone i really i wanted to talk to and her insights were as ever hugely enlightening so this is fern cotton right i'm here today with fern cotton how are you oh pip i'm good i'm so happy to see your face yes it's lovely to see you it's been a it's been a minute but i've i've thoroughly enjoyed kind of following all of your 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 adventures on social media i think you do really good at being honest about when you're struggling or when it's tough and being but also kind of showing a lot of your coping mechanisms and solutions so kind of how how's the pandemic been mental health wise um has there been any particular low points or yeah it's been it's again it's a mad question because it's been over a year now so it's such a lot to take in but what when you look back what stands out mental health wise it's been a really interesting year really and I think it's I don't know if it's because it's also coincided with this year I'm going to turn 40 and and Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've sort of gone through a real roller coaster the last decade really and I feel like I am moving into a new chapter and I've been very lucky that I've had real moments of peace during the last 12 months you know real moments of feeling much calmer than usual and I really 
have taken away from this year the sort of inner knowledge that I, I don't miss I'm not missing out on anything like those moments yeah. before when I've said no to parties or things I don't really want to go to I've I've sat at home worrying like am I retreating from life no I'm not I've really realized that I like being at home I like the peace and the stillness I love a slower pace so I've been very lucky that I have taken some real positives from it I think you know, whether we're in a pandemic or not, I still, you know, I, I, I do still get nighttime panic attacks here and there if there's change. And there's been a lot, not change in, in sort of terms of like big change like the pandemic. My triggers are tiny bits of change. Like I've got a job the next day, you know, in a studio with people I don't know. I yeah. literally won't sleep. I know intellectually I'll be fine, but I won't sleep. So I haven't really had as many of those work things to deal with. So it's been better, but still, if there's even like, and this is really intricate and silly now, but if I if I can't find the same earplugs that I've been wearing historically and I have to get a new pair, that will send me into a panic. Yeah. I mean, it's mad, but it's tiny triggers of change that my heart starts racing and I start panicking that I won't sleep and I just go into a vortex of stressing about everything. So... I've had a few of those, but no different to how I would normally deal with that. I think it's 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 it's, it's really interesting how relative everything is. And, and an example I gave with, with someone else who was talking about this is we've spent years, and it's it's something I've kind of questioned for a long time. But as a nation, we've spent years almost laughing at breakdowns over tiny things on B- Big Brother. And we've all lived in a big brother, essentially, here, where we're suddenly in this one house with the same people. And we do find really quickly there is those small things that are more stressful, like global pandemics going on, all this other stuff. And we're like, okay, I can handle it. Can't find, as you say, particularly earplugs. You're like, what? who's moved it? Why why aren't they where they're meant to be? What's And it becomes this huge thing. And it's... this. I think, you know, what we have to do is look at you know, the example of earplugs, but it will be a tiny other thing for anybody else, you know, and go, well, it's never that. It's That's not the problem. The yeah. earplugs being missing aren't the problem. What's underneath that? And what is that fear that's being triggered? What is it related to? It could be, so, it's usually something in the past. For me, I know exactly what it is and I do a lot of therapy about it, but it, it's never really the tiny thing. There's like all these sub layers and you have to go, right, it's not the earplugs. It's a feeling of being out of control, right? So what yeah. does that stem to? And and so I u- usually try and use those moments to look at what is it? What are all those subterranean levels of fear or panic and sort of try and get to the root of it? It's interesting. It's it's comparable to r- road rage because road rage has been kind of analysed as yeah. we're not really angry about someone slightly cutting us up. It's just we're doing a thing that although we've got used to it, is naturally incredibly stressful because we're controlling this machine that's going at great speed. So we're hyper aware in those moments for, for our own safety. We're hyper aware to react, to break. And that means that we're also hyper aware emotionally. So someone does the slightest thing and we're screaming and shouting. And again, <laughs> I'd never be screaming and shouting in the street or in no a personal way. situation on a one-on-one. If someone's genuinely slighted me, it's unlikely I'm going to scream and shout. But I've in the past had someone cut me up and I'll be bibbing and sticking my oh, finger yeah. up and shouting like what am I doing and it's what am I doing again it's a similar thing with things in the pandemic we've had so many things that build up that as you say the thing that tips us over the edge it's not really that it's a million other things so have you been able to use some of this time I know you do yoga and again 
I'm, I started doing yoga while I was in Canada recently. And I've learned that I find, I find yoga really re- relaxing and, th- and th- therapeutic, but I almost find watching other people do yoga equally relaxing and therapeutic (laughs) but without the effort so it's really handy (laughs) when people a lot more people um have been doing that they're kind of uploading them a little morning yoga or whatever else and every time I stumble across one it's it almost when I was at the point where the buzz of it being a new thing had worn out and I was kind of oh I've got to get it done it almost gave me an excuse on some days to go I feel I've had my relaxing time I've watched (laughs) I've watched someone else do it and I've been in that exactly. state just without yeah. getting all stretched. You've virtually done it. Yeah. You've virtually done it. Yeah, no, I have done, a, I've done, you know, I've used the first lockdown. We used a lot of that time when the kids were off school. You know, the first time it was a novelty on lockdown one. So we yeah. were in the park. It was beautiful sunshine. We were looking for newts and frogs and it, it was glorious. It was amazing. It. You know, this last lockdown we've had with the kids off school was near impossible near impossible you know my son was so reluctant to do any of the work my daughter's pretty conscientious so she was fine my son was he just didn't want to do any of it and you know rightly so who wants to sit looking at a laptop all day when you're eight years old nobody and we were really struggling to sort of keep him on track with it and I was working throughout from home so and and it was peeing with rain and it was freezing and there was nothing to do and you couldn't see your mates and we really found that that last lockdown really tough on a practical level like every parent I'm no different to anybody else like any parent out there we were juggling it and doing shifts of who was doing the homeschool, who was cooking, who was working. And it was chaos. And I think now we're coming out of it. That's where I'm going. Oh my God, what just happened there? But yeah, I, I, sort of exercise for me is a constant. It has to be. I, I know now yeah. at the age I'm at and what I've been through that I know I have to exercise most days. It hasn't got to be anything crazy. It could be very gentle, but it, it could be a walk. Like yesterday, I just went on a nice walk outside because it was sunny. I've got to eat well. I've got to get to bed early. I'm only going to feed my brain with good books, good TV, positive listening, positive podcasts, whatever. I don't let in any negative stuff anymore. I used yeah. to sort of think, oh, I've got to have more balance. No, I don't want that in. So I have to really stick to all of that and be quite disciplined to stay feeling good yeah so did, did you find it was harder this the in the second half of the lockdown to take time out for your own mental health because I think again it's so crazy how powerful the weather is because oh. if, if it is nice outside particularly for parents there can be moments where the kids can just be playing in the garden yeah, and they're yeah, not yeah. they're not on top of you in the house so, so you can maybe take that moment even if it's just to have a cup of tea or yep. or whatever else or catch up with some mates on on whatsapp or, or whatever it may be that yeah, you no, need was, for you it was hard that second that was, one was yeah like with the weather bad and, and we were still going come on guys we're gonna all go on a walk and they'd be like oh i don't want to i want to watch telly and i want to watch tv i don't want to go out on a walk it's freezing <laughs> but you're trying to get everybody motivated and, and it was on some days like excruciating and you're just like oh i just wish i could have all my mates over and all their kids and we could all have a big lunch and all the kids could be wild together. And I think that was the hardest thing. It was just, we were all on top of each other and we were all, we know Jesse and I were still trying to get the kids out of the house to do some exercise, to get some fresh air. And it was grim. You know, we would be shivering in the park. Like, what are we doing? I remember one time we were on a green in our local town playing Frisbee in the rain. And I looked at Jesse and I went, what are we doing? Like, this is in 
insane. What are we doing? What have we? What come are we to? doing? We're playing frisbee. I'm playing frisbee for twenty years. I'm playing frisbee in the rain. Like, oh, it, that Amazing. was a bleak moment. That was a low point for my, sure. My <laughs> my goddaughter's mum, who I'm also talking to on 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 this, has got a great podcast called Mum and Mama, a parenting podcast, and um. I was talking to her and she was saying her eldest, which is, is my goddaughter, has got to a point where it's the first time she started wanting to go up to her room, which is which is a new thing. But she was saying it kind of made her feel annoyed because w- when she was watching kids' programs with both of the kids, it felt fine. But when one of them had gone upstairs, she was like, I want to be watching my programs. And now I'm having to watch kids' programs with just one of you. It's like, it feels like a waste. If there's two of you, this is justified. But now I'm like, I want to put something good on now. It's such a weird thing that that slight dynamic shift. Yeah, no, I uh, get it. So when are you going to bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please go to bed. Please, please go to bed soon. How early can we yeah, do this? Like, oh, 4 p.m. Guys, you can't tell the time. Yeah. Let's just say it's 7. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the only good thing about them being behind at school is my son probably should be able to tell the time by now, but he can't. So we can still play that trick, luckily. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, have we touched upon coming out of things. Have you got any anxiety coming out the other end? Because one that, that, that you've reminded me of there, because I'm turning 40 this year as well. Yeah, we're the same. When, when's your birthday again? I think you're a little bit. August, 3rd of August. August yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so exa- you're exactly one month younger than me to the day. Oh, there we go. But it's, it's, 3rd of September. I'm, I'm not that much of a, a birthday person, right? And I get a level of anxiety because of, I think, anything where there's a public, a publicly accepted way to celebrate. Like, I'm not a big, I don't do New Year's Eve in the traditional way and things like that. But so birthdays are one of them. And because it's my 40th, I've got real, almost a fear of, it's like fear of missing out, but I've had jealousy this year with all my other mates who have turned 40 during a pandemic. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been like, that is the ideal That's time the for me to turn 40. Because I don't, <laughs> there's then that, oh, we can't do anything, but I really appreciate you all. I love you all and yeah. all this. Whereas we're just coming out of it. It's going to be, everyone's going to be w- w- wanting to do stuff. And I'm Hello. like, I might have like a quiet meal, but I don't really want to do much. But yeah. Is, is there anything that's, that you're feeling anxious about as we start to, to come out the other end? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't do New Year's Eve traditionally in, in the fact that I go to bed at 10. You know, I yeah. couldn't give a toss yeah. about it. Yes and no. So the no bit is brilliant. As I said, you know, I've really realised I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I've actually yeah. enjoyed the quiet moments I've had with a few small people in small groups, you know, going for picnics and walks way more than I would some like work event or whatever. Yeah. So it's given me the confidence to go, oh, I really, really don't need to be doing any of that. I really don't. And if people judge me because of that, again, life's too short. Life's too short for me to be wasting energy worrying about that. I think my 40th, I have had a little bit of anxiety about because I don't want to regret, you know, when I'm an old lady, like, oh, I wish I'd done something really big to mark that moment. That's the only sort of anxiety I've got. But again, I think we've realised that, we can find joy in really simple things. And we probably, the the most joyful moments that we probably experienced in the last 12 months have been from really simple things. So I was going, you know, should I try and rent a place and me and my mates will go away together in the countryside? Or should I rent a venue and do a big party where that makes my toes curl a bit? And the other day I thought, I think I'm just going to have a barbecue in the garden and have some mates over. And it will be, you know, a bunch of friends, but it hasn't got to be some wild, fancy, themed thing. It can just be what I really want it to be, which is in the daytime, because I don't want some 
thing where I've got to stay up till 2am. I don't stay up that late normally, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the day with some nice food, hopefully on a nice day. Everyone can bring their kids so they're all running around. That feels right to me. So I think yeah. the, the year's just given me the confidence to really run down that road rather than yeah. sort of go, oh, I don't know what I should be doing. So I feel better about it, I think. I love that. That's perfect. I love that it's, yeah, it's giving you that confirmation of what you already knew yes. but couldn't really necessarily accept because of the the world you've been in for so long where loads of people you know will have had ridiculous birthday parties Mad. at some point that a fancy dress or themed or all these all sorts of different things so that and comfort I, in going i can just be me and enjoy myself do whatever like my 30th was so brilliant it was at my mum's house in the back garden and we just had like all our favorite people there and she just made some mixtapes it was wicked. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't, it was just like, come along, stay as long as you want. There's some alcohol in the corner. Wicked, you know. And I know we talked about this on, I can't remember if it was your podcast or mine now, but, you know, I felt like talking to you, again, gave me even more permission because you were freely admitting it, that I don't love like traditional fun, acceptable, conventional yeah. fun. That was the big takeaway from our chat. I, again, I can't remember if it was yours or mine, but I had yeah. so many people respond to that going, yeah, I don't necessarily like traditional fun. It's <laughs> I don't. I Like this to me is fun. I like yeah. chatting to people, connecting or, you know, meeting interesting people through work or, or like we just went to the seaside for the week and just like went crabbing with my son. And it was so fun. Like we found all Love these it. awesome sea anemones and, and that is fun to me, but like being at a party and not being able to hear people and drinking, but I don't really want to drink. I, I don't know. It just doesn't really float my boat anymore. I completely feel you. And this is far more fun. So thank you for taking the time to, to have a bit of a chat about all this. I really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure, Pip. Thank you so much. There we go. That was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. Next up, I've got Jordan Stevens. Now, he's someone who, as we touch upon, I've kind of watched grow over the years. It's a beautiful thing, but he's a wonderful lad. He's came to prominence and fame with the group Rizzle Kicks. Um, since then, has done loads of acting, loads of hosting, um, and really good stuff. So yeah, I wanted to get his perspective on this pandemic. So this is this is Jordan Stevens. Well, I'm here today with Jordan Stevens. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. Yes, I'm. I think I'm generally um, in a good place. <laughs> How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. I like to hear it. I was, I was saying to you before. I want to have you you back on the podcast for a full episode because I really feel you've you've just been discovering yourself a lot and understanding yourself and figuring shit out. And it sounds so weird to say from someone who's just kind of watching on social media, but it's it's beautiful to see. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a fair representation of our relationship. I think, you know, we don't see each other that often, but you have actually been present for a large proportion of my, well, almost my entire career because of my, you know, my, my love for poetry, I suppose, yeah. predated my pop stardom. And so, you know, I, I remember going to see you at the garage in Islington and speaking to you a little bit after the show, you know, because I was still on that little poetry scene, Bang Said the Gun, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kay was, was, was blowing up then, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so it was amazing. So, yeah, so I think even though, yeah, even though we have um, infrequent communication, it means a lot when you say that because you have really seen the whole trajectory, I'd say. 
I appreciate that, man. Well, the point of these, go on. And also, can I say one thing quickly that I meant to say to you before? I, you know, I had to study that I shall always kill in my music class. I'm oh, really? Yeah. You would, I mean, the, the, no it way. weird because of that. Those like four or five years of school seem big, you know what I mean? You mustn't have been that much older than me. But like, yeah, mad. My, my, my teacher, Mr. Greville, yeah, I remember he, he like, I don't think he was even on the syllabus, man. He just sat, he like took us. Yeah. After, after the lesson finished, was like, listen, you've all got to listen to this, to this song. It's, it's so mad. <laughs> because at that point, I had a few different teachers email me to say, thou shalt and letter from God to man. Yeah. They were using in class every now and then and stuff like that. And then all these years later, every now and then, I have someone come up and go, exactly like that. Like, yo, I was one of those kids. And I'm like, no way. At the time, I was just like, oh, that's cool. But it doesn't feel real. Do you know what I mean? It's not anyone you know. So it's like, all right, that's that's wicked. But yeah. No, it's 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 a uh, yeah. That must be a surreal experience. It must be a bizarre. One. It must be a bizarre experience. I had a, I had a, I had a weird experience like that with when I first met Georgia Smith actually, because I was I love her music. I think she's cool. Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, me and my friend came to see you at Birmingham Academy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What? Like one of the biggest female singers in in the UK. I was there Madness, was fourteen watching you know like Rizzle kicks. I was I was only nineteen or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's 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 always lovely to remember that no matter who you're into, they're a fan of something as well. Like they're fans as well, as well as being these artists. Hundred percent, they're fans. But so the point of these these conversations to have, is to have a 10, 15 minute chat, kind of about how your mental health has been during the pandemic, and then we'll look forward to as we start to come out of it. But like, has it been f- for you? Have you been okay? Have you had any? particular low points or any particular coping strategies like has it been i think i think i think largely speaking i'd say the lockdown has been really beneficial for me yeah I think, which is I, I i think i've been apprehensive of saying that before with you know a, a desire to not seem insensitive to the collective experience but or maybe people do quietly think this but uh, it's been of benefit to me. The first lockdown especially was a period of my life where I was needing to deal with a few th- like heavy emotional things, kind of like, yeah, just a bit of grief. And I did. It gave me an opportunity to really confront that side of myself and utilise some incredible just self-healing techniques that are that seem to work, man. Just stuff. I was meditating. I did a 21-day meditation. I, I was training every day. I was working out every day. I was I taught myself how to be self-sufficient with food and I am, I do like food, but for me, it was just important to be eating things that my body needed. Yeah. And I was drinking a lot of water, really boring stuff, but it, it really took me through this journey. Um, there's an incredible woman called Donna Lancaster who, who, who runs or used to run a, a, a thing called the bridge. And she would be doing these ceremonies as well because it was such a, because it was such a big event. You know, she really believed it was important to have a kind of group healing. So there were these kind of sessions where there'd be prayer and dance. And... So yeah, the first lockdown was, was super zen. I love that. Was that all stuff that you were already curious about? And it kind of, all of this kind of lockdown came at the right time? Or was that stuff you, you, you sought out because you kind of needed something so, or had yeah, the time? One of the, one of the things I, would, I think with myself I need to get better at is that I think I'm quite remedial, not preventative. So, right. yeah. do you know I mean, so something will happen and then I'll know what to do rather than maybe taking measures to avoid the thing happening in the first place. So, I mean, that's the, that's a metaphor for everything we're going through in the world at the, at the moment, right? The way we've dealt with the pandemic rather than looking at future pandemics, the way that we've 
all of the Black Lives Matter stuff that's been happening has all been been reactionary rather than preventative, and or all of the, all of the solutions thrown up yeah. and accepted are reactionary rather than going right. You know, we won't go into all of it, but the complete restructuring of how the police force works and how yeah. communities are supported and all of these other things, rather than the reactionary. Yeah, yeah but if there's a crime. You need someone to come and solve it. It's like, yeah, but let's try and stop there being stop or make there being <laughs> less crimes. In the first place. Let's, let's reduce them. But yeah, anyway, that, that's really interesting to have this kind of limbo period yeah. to have, have allowed you to go, right, well, let's prepare myself for after this, for the rest well, of my life, for when we are back in. Well, it was like, I th- yeah, I, I suppose it was, yeah, I, 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 my only child powers kicked in as well. I've been an only child for most of my life, and I, I was aware of these practices. You know, I, like I say, I know, I know when I, when you're up, when I'm up against it, when I'm having to process heavier emotions, whether it be you know the world going into pandemic or in my personal personal life, you know, the cutting of connections or whatever, moving on. Yeah, so I just went into optimum of it. I went right. I'm just gonna do all of it. What I literally have nothing else to distract me. There's no reasons I don't have to be at work. Do you know what else is funny as well though? Is just as a bit of a side note. I had, but for about a month and a half before before the pandemic, before lockdown began, I had asked all of my agents. I've got like a bunch of. I think you might be similar in this respect. I've got like loads of little agents doing little yeah. things like writing and voiceovers <laughs> yeah. and whatever. And I said to everyone, look, man, I'm like I'm feeling a bit burnt out. I need two weeks holiday starting from March the 8th (laughs) and I came here I came here the first day and that weekend national lockdown and I was like what like I've been booking I'd booked my national lockdown I didn't have to ring anyone I've got like the world heard man the world heard (laughs) yeah so that was the first lockdown and then um and then towards the second lockdown I met my now girlfriend who is wonderful so again it was one of these weird things where in that spare time we were kind of introduced to a friend and and um then when, we, when it was safe to meet up we kind of like went on a walk and yeah love her to pieces feel super like, like i've actually never been with her outside of a outside of the pandemic so that yeah so how are you feeling about coming out the other side of this then obviously everyone's talking a lot about the excitement but is that is there any anxiety i'd yeah. imagine you've got excitement as a couple to be able to go out and do shit yeah. that's the, the that's different there's probably places you you want to go and things you want to do but yeah. is there any anxiety is there any caution because as said it sounds like as you said at the start you've had a really good pandemic mm. like personally and and spiritually if i can use that term without sounding too too much yeah. of a dick but it, it it sounds like you've had all of those things so yeah are there any concerns or do you have a focus on what practices you need to keep up when well, the world starts turning in again and, mo- and most importantly when all of those agents start ringing me again. calling you again yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's, it's it's not as easy it's as a, <laughs> it's what I do. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i this most recent one this this kind of third lockdown perhaps kind of post christmas yeah. i've found most difficult yeah. maybe because i'm you know i'm i'm my life is arguably content, so I wasn't reacting to anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, you know, really asking myself, what do I want to do with my time? And yeah, in all honesty, I'm I'm anxious about that. Social social anxiety was something that was had been greatly reduced for me during this time. I realised how much of my energy was spent feeling like I should be somewhere else, you know, especially in London. Yeah, or well, not should be, but aware of the fact things were going on. I feel like sometimes I can really 
feel like literally feel people doing things <laughs> if I'm in a concentrated space. And I used to live yeah. off that energy. You know, I, I, for six years, I lived on Harrow Road, you know, it's like a main road. I'd live off the buzz. I'd live off here in the, you know, white boys with the cars and whatever at 4am. That's my life. And now I'm getting, I say I'm getting older. I'm not even 30 yet, but like, I've, I already start value silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like, I just want to, that's why I'm in Margate, man. I'm just like, I want fucking silence, bro. Like, and, and, you know, I keep saying to my friends, I'm team Thanos, bro. Like, I don't, I don't want the, I, I feel like people need to stay in their houses. Like I don't want this other, I don't want the roads to be busier and people yeah. back on the streets. Let, let's, let's find a way of where do we put the other half? Maybe Mars, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. Again, I think there really is a, and, and I think there will be some long term changes in all of this. I think there's a lot of stuff that people have gone, like mates of mine all out here in Essex. It's like, why have I been going into London yeah. numerous times a week f- 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 for meetings or whatever when I can do this at home and then yeah. be directly with my family or be directly in my sh- in my sh- shed listening to vinyl or whatever else and doing these more homely yeah. and yeah. local yeah. things rather than it all being need to go all the way into London just to say hello to someone <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a professional way. In a social way, I get it, but in a professional way, it's like that could be done over Zoom, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, I found that that part of it quite confronting because I'm not – I hate how much technology can yeah. help me. Yeah. I'm not – I really feel – I'm very distrusting of – of technology i'm like will smith and irobot yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah but like yeah but that side of things has been incredible like this this is incredible i can't de- i can't deny the connection made from video calling it's cool yeah. it is yeah. cool and i made fr- i genuinely made friends over lockdown from from that people who i kind of knew but then developed a kind of stronger bond yeah it's mad isn't it well thank you very much for taking the time man it's been a, a, pleasure, a pleasure to uh to get into this Yeah, mate, always. I'm always here. There we go. That was Jordan Stevens. Um, Yeah, I I love that dude's outlook and his soul, as as hippie as that sounds. The next person I wanted to talk to, um, a few episodes back, the first episode, I had Stephen Graham on. As I'm recording this, I'm in my studio and I'm looking up and I see a framed photo of myself... Stephen Graham and Rob Parker on on set of Taboo. And yeah, friendships were made there that are are long lasting. And Rob has been someone who's been on a hell of a journey. And we talk about all of that. But um, yeah, I needed to to get him on here to have a chat about his mental health. So this is this is the wonderful Rob Parker. Right, I'm chatting today with rob parker how are you sir i am very well the sun's shining and life's good i think mate it's good to hear it's good to hear it's been obviously the point of these chats is to spend 10 15 minutes kind of just getting insights into what this weird year and a bit has been for different people so you're someone that i mean i don't want to get all emotional off the bat but but you're someone who's you're someone who's had such an amazing kind of transformation within the pandemic, I guess. It started pre-pandemic, but I really feel you've just, you've been, you've, you kind of sat, sat yourself down and decided to make some changes and you've, you've followed through with that. But still, the, the, that doesn't mean it's all going to be a breeze. So I just want to kind of see how your pandemic has been 
the kind of low points and what you've been doing to, to, to keep those low points at bay, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, in all honesty, and it kind of sometimes sound a bit strange saying this. I've really enjoyed it. Mm. I really have. And I've used the time to the best of my ability. It's given me time to focus more than anything and just to realize how valuable life is, you know, throughout all of this. And, you know, there's been so many different scenarios where, um, because of social media and how many new streams that we have, that I think that can be quite a poisonous avenue to go down, uh, depending on there's a lot of conflicting news streams. And, yeah. and you know, obviously that's for, for probably another conversation another day. So I really tried to limit social media. I tried to limit how much news I took in. Obviously, at the, at the start of it, we were all glued to the news. And then there was so much hypocrisy that kind of came in. And obviously, it's, you know, I hate saying the word unprecedented times. It seems to be a buzzword. But nobody knew what to do. And neither did any government. And I, I saw so many different people, you know, kind of getting in slanging matches I purposely have never once sent any tweets or any posts to do with any government or any, you know, opposing parties, any anti. I've just tried to listen and learn and and try to understand how it affects my life, how it affects my family's life, and what I can do. Because whilst there were so many parameters put in place of what you can't do, well, okay, let's let's abide by the laws and, and the rules that are put in place for our safety ultimately. But what can I do? You know, how can I look at myself? How can I spend quality time with the family because we all get caught up in the rat race? You know, what what areas of my life do I want to improve? And I just started to look at them really. So for me, I've really enjoyed it. And I know, you know, I've seen some harrowing stories and people in obviously financial troubles. Uh, I've been very lucky with my work. So we, we carried on working all the way through. So I've had a lot of focus as well on different areas of my life, but again, trying to control the controllables. And ultimately, that's kind of me and the way that I think and my outlook on people and life and, and just other people's opinions. I don't have to jump into an argument just because I have yeah. a difference of opinion. I have, I have the right to remain silent. Yeah. Do you feel that you kind of were perfectly placed again in your journey? It sounds so <laughs> silly and all that, but this did come at a good time where you as I said, you'd, you'd, you'd kind of re- re- re-evaluated a bit how you want to be, who you want to be. And I think yeah. it meant that you were really well-equipped because prior to all this, you've always been a very social person, you know, enjoy your nights out, enjoy a drink or whatever else. So this pandemic, if it had come five years ago, I think would have hit you very differently. Completely agree with that. Um, I gave up alcohol just over two and a half, well, no, just less than two and a half years ago. And I, I realised that I, I kind of got bored with it and and I just saw that there had to be more to life than living for the weekend. And maybe that comes where I've got a little bit of grey in my beard now, a bit like your good <laughs> self. Um, so, you know, with, with age comes experience. And, and I just hopefully, you know, I'm not clever, but I might be a little bit intelligent or vice versa, or I'm daft, but I'm not stupid. Um, that I did, I could see how things were, were panning out because, you know, you and I have spoke on the previous podcast that we did and, you know, I had my life panned out and I had so many things. And then as soon as I finished playing professional sport, I could go out and do whatever I wanted, go to all the stag do's, go to all the weddings, the parties, you know, you name it. And I, I needed that spell to go and do that, you know, and I had to then look at where, how does this tape play out, you know, as if I'm watching a movie of myself and Mm. and where does it go from here? And it just got to the point where I think I was getting an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and and ultimately escaping from from work pressures, depending on what job I was doing, just just from anything really. It was 
it was very hard to to sometimes sit on my own because I've been listening to quite a few podcasts and, and other stuff and trying to understand myself a little bit better and self-diagnosis here by the way I think I've got ADD right in in every sense that I've ever I was going to say the books that I've read but I've only read a couple of chapters and I got bored with them so that in itself <laughs> <laughs> that in itself is just you know it's conclusive <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is actually a true story. Yeah. But, you know, I've listened to um, a gentleman who goes by the name of Dr. Gabor Mate, who's uh, he's got an amazing story. He was a Hungarian, Jewish Hungarian, and brought up in the, the Second World War era. And, and he, he's, he went on to do loads of stuff and got into basic medicine and, and practicing medicine and moved to Canada. And then he looked at his own life and real, realized that he was an addict and he also had ADD. And his kind of addictive tendencies tended to come out through work. I think it was buying records and, and different stuff like that. And he's done so much, you know, medical care, but now he's he's more of a kind of professor and, and talks on seminars and stuff about addiction and about attention deficit disorder. And also looking at people's childhoods because very quickly we, you know, in certain societies, there's a prescription to take and there's there's all this kind of stuff where yeah. this doctor now has tried to turn everything on its head and actually look more at the person and their environment and ultimately the defensive mechanisms of what they've built up over years to why they act the way that they act. So yeah. I think through listening to people like that who seem to have a very eloquent way of speaking, it, for some reason it, it sinks into my mind and I'm like, you're explaining my life, you're explaining me. And so, yeah, I've just been trying to educate myself on why do I do the things that I do or why did I do the things that I did? And it's it's a bit of a journey of self-reflection and, and self-growth that I'm just trying to understand, especially in the industry that I worked in, you know, as, as a professional sportsman, which is very egotistical. It's a very alpha industry uh, yeah. and, and it's a physical industry. So, you know, the, the changing room environment, sometimes, and, and a lot of guys that go from the military and, and, and professional sports or, or that kind of bubble testosterone environment, and then that finishes, I don't think they then realise, as soon as they, they walk out of those changing rooms and they're no longer a rugby player or they're no longer in the military and stuff, it's like, well, what's my identity now? Who am I? What do I want to be? And I've had to look at a lot of my past and realize some things I said or did or the way that I conduct myself isn't the person that I am today, but I'm all right with that because, you know, it, again, sometimes we always, whenever we're going to give ourselves a compliment, we try to throw a prefix in. I like the person I am today. Uh, and, and I can say that not from an arrogant way or not from a cocky way, but I like that I can be teachable. Um, I'm honest and very willing to learn and listen to new ideas because I only ever know what I only ever know. And the thing that excites me now is what I don't know and that thirst for, you know, kind of further knowledge. I, I, I love that. I think it's there's a weird thing coming from working class areas that the idea of change is kind of an insult. The idea that you've changed is like, oh, yeah. you're not the same as you used to be. And I've always felt that's a positive. Like, I, I, I would hope I've changed. I've been alive another X amount of years. If I'd remained exactly the same, then what's the point? What am I doing here? I think that's a fear factor from the person that says it. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember to, to use rugby as an analogy and stuff, you know, we used to, when I was in the academy, you know, I wanted to be a first team player. So I used to do the extra training, the extra weights, the extra skills. 
I remember some lads in the changing rooms, not to say that they were bullies, far from it, but they'd be like, oh, here he is, eager beaver and, you know, Keno and, you know, he's trying to do this. Mm. And it's like, maybe they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and they see me as a threat. So they try to pull me down. And I think over the years that whenever someone has said I've changed that, I took it personally because I'm like, no, no, I'm still one of lads. I'm still, because that's yeah. people pleasing and, and wanting to fit in. Yeah. And I've certainly found out, you know, in the last few years that I know where I fit in and I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I have to prove myself to me. And if I can put my head on the pillow at the end of the night and know that I've had a good day, I've not harmed anyone. And, and I've tried to be, you know, as sincere and honest and, and just as loving as I can be. Well, I'm all right with that because it's me that has to live with me. Yeah. Um, so it is about, it changes everything. I've changed, you know, dramatically in the last couple of years. And I don't think there's a person really, you know, especially if you speak to my wife and kids, they've loved it. You know, they, they've yeah. started to see their husband and their dad come back in their lives. Not to say I was ever out of their lives, but, you know, I think, I think my toenails are still pink. You know, I let them paint my toenails and, you know, obviously they don't kill me her these days, but, you know, we have a laugh and, and I can cry and we can watch films and, and I can get on a... I don't have any barriers these days and, and I'm not scared to show my emotion. Because I think, like I said, there's this facade of, of what a person from my industry ever did was, you know, we toughen up and we, we crack on. Whereas now I've, I've kind of dropped those barriers because I want my daughters to come and talk to me about boyfriends. or You know, there's all this like, if he brings, she brings a boy home, I've got to make sure and bet him. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's like, nah, not for me, not for me, not for me today anyway. Yeah. I kind of, I've quite enjoyed, and again, Referring back to that Dr. Gabor Mate, he talks about he talks about sensitivity. And it was something that I'd never realized. And and like I said, in the last couple of years where I've done a bit of pull searching, and he talks about, you know, people that um overthinkers and stuff tend to be have a higher level of sensitivity. And he, mm. he kind of reverts it back in a simplistic form that, you know, if I've got a big jacket on and you've got, you know, just your, your bare arms and we both get hit with the same pressure. Well, because I've got a bit of extra padding and it's a bit numb, I don't feel as much pain. Whereas if you've got just a burst skin and you someone slaps you on your arm, you feel the pain because you're more sensitive. And and it was just a simple way to yeah. understand it. And and I think I've become more sensitive to the feelings and, and my emotions. Um, so yeah, I love it. It it, it also it, it feels like not to 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 couch analyze but it feels like old rob would see a gap in two weekends time and want to fill it like 100%. what we're doing that weekend whereas now it feels like if something comes up and you want to go and do it you'll do it but if not you'll be spending that time with your girls and with your wife and with all this whereas before it wouldn't it wouldn't have even have been a conscious thing it would just be well at the weekend i'm meant to be going and and seeing the lads or doing this or doing that. So rather than there's something I want to do, I'm going to do it. It's there's a gap. I'm meant to be doing it. What's going on? Who's doing what? Uh, I think I suffer from a disease of boredom. Yeah. And, and you know, I always need, and that's where this, you know, where, where I believe the, the attention deficit kind of comes in is that I always have to be doing something or seeing something or playing with something and I'll get a new hobby and I'll completely immerse myself into it and then I'll get bored and then I'll leave it. You know, the amount of push bikes I've bought, you know, I, I was even looking the other day at skateboards. I'm nearly 40. I would love I saw, I saw to see some, you roll into town I, on a skateboard, I've Rob. I've never been on a 
<laughs> I'd love to be driving along and look out the window. Going, <laughs> that Parker on a skateboard. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I've never, I just saw it and I thought, hey, that looks cool. Not like a, I wanted a longboard that looked a little bit more cooler for me, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I get bored. Has someone that we know or both follow got one recently? Because I've, I genuinely, as soon as you said that, I thought, I saw someone with a longboard the other day that looked pretty cool. And then you've, you've yeah. updated to go, well, not a skateboard, yeah. a longboard. So, yeah. So obviously they're in trend at the moment. Yeah, so I don't even know why. You know, I see things and and I'm like, oh, that looks good, you know. And so I've always struggled to 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 kind of feel a part of something. And, and for me, alcohol was a part of that, you know, nights yeah. out and stuff like that. But like I say, we, we get older. So I've tried to now, I didn't realise how much free time I had, but I've tried to look at different things that I'm like, yeah, I want to do that because I think – I've always wanted to do these things, but my own ego got in the way and stopped me doing it because it was like, if someone sees me do it, if Pip sees me on a fucking skateboard, he's going to take the, you know, I don't care anymore. You know, I've kind of got a real, I mean, I do care, but but I also, I enjoy, I just enjoy random things. You know, I bought, um, I, I looked into, and a big one for me about the, you know, the mental health side of things, I've got into the, the Wim Hof style of breathing. And there's some different stuff with like certain meditations and stuff. There's one called Soma meditation, which is breathing to beats and the way um, it stimulates your vagus nerve, which runs through your body, which when you activate it with the breathing and then you do the cold water therapy after, you get a real rush out of it. You know, it's a real natural high. And then um, I think it was at the, you know, must have been Googling all this other stuff. And I've been doing some like dips in ponds, uh, you know, around, out and around Bolton. And uh, I went on to Google and searched like, big whiskey barrels so then i drove out to nutsford in cheshire got this big whiskey barrel and then i turned up and brooke's like what are you doing i'm like i've got you know muhammad can't go to the mountain and all that so i've got this whiskey barrel in my backyard and i'm cutting it out and stuff and i fill it with water and i dunk in it and you know some lads some lads have took the mick and stuff that's all right you know that's up to them but i've really enjoyed doing random things um, just because it, it excites me yeah, I think that's fantastic. And again, like, yeah, Wim Hof is all is all about that in him getting in his ice ice barrel and things like that. You've instantly got me thinking. I'm going to have a look at, at whiskey barrels and, and see what I can find because I fancy some of that in my garden. They're about well up north for about fifty or sixty quid. So oh, down yeah. there, it'd be at least two hundred. Couple of hundred, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, to wrap things up, mate. Um, how are you feeling now? We're coming out the other end of this. Are you feeling excited? Are you anxious? Is there anything specific that you're 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 looking towards what's the I'm excited I want to get traveling again um I want to you know have a, a a big party with my friends so you know I want to go and watch some live music um I'm 40 this year so hopefully you know me and my family we can get away and and, and spend some time together but I think I think the last lockdown the, the third one was was the most difficult because a lot of people have pressures financially at Christmas anyway regardless pandemic mm. or not uh, the weather changes and it goes dark and cold. And so there's been all this kind of, it's been the third one where first one, it was a novelty. Weather was nice. Everyone was having barbecues yeah. and stuff like that. Second was a bit, you know, we had a little bit of some restrictions lifted. So there was a little bit of a teaser. And then when it went into the third one, and especially, you know, families that have got children, you know, myself included, you're at home, it's dark, it's wet, it's cold. You know, the kids have got exams you know, there's all these different pressures and that's just probably looking at best case scenario for, for good families. So 
I think it's been really nice now. I feel really optimistic within myself that the weather's now started to pick up. Um, you know, the kids are back at school. The vaccine, you know, one thing I'll certainly, you know, whether whatever happened with governments and stuff, but the way, you know, some real shining stories have come out of, of this pandemic and there has been some good uh, and there's been faith in humanity as well. Um, and the way this country has rolled out the vaccine and, and done everything like that, there's a real, I, I hope now that, We've had this reset period. We've had to realise what is important. So, you know, in the next couple of months, you know, spend time with the people you love the most and enjoy their company because it's so precious. And just get out and have fun. You know, the, the, and whatever makes you happy, if it's riding a longboard <laughs> <laughs> whilst getting in your cold barrel water dipping after, if that what makes you happy, then go and do it. There is nothing stopping you and you only get one chance of this. I love it. That's the perfect place to end. Thank you very much, Rob. It's been a pleasure as ever. More than welcome, Paul. There we go. That was Rob Parker, who I didn't really mention is is an actor. He's a former r- r- rugby player. You can go back and listen to our, our past episode to get more details. But I wanted to wrap things up today by talking to Jordan Gray. Jordan Gray is one of my favourite humans. I had her on, oh, at least three years ago now if not for, and she taught me so much in that episode about gender and about, I'm sure we talked about loads of mad science stuff as well. Yeah, she's awesome. But she's been doing some amazing things during lockdown. And as she moved, when I spoke to Jordan, she was a singer, got to like the finals or something on The Voice, was Team Paloma. But since then, she's moved into stand-up and was doing amazing things and had got really got a lot of steam behind her in the last couple of years and then this pandemic hit so i wanted to talk about all of that yeah and get the perspective on the pandemic from jordan gray right i'm here with jordan gray how are you i'm all right thanks man it's good to see you and you you. it's been a minute so (laughs) it's it's a pleasure I, i love how we can all follow each other and 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 keep up to each other on social media and never know our realities so the <laughs> the, the idea of this is to have kind of a 10, 10 15 minute chat about kind of how your pandemic has been as such and what's been i don't know the biggest str- str- struggles mental health wise or the biggest coping mechanisms any of that really and it's interesting because i chose people who I feel I know really well, but there's a few people like yourself who it's not like we're in regular contact. It's not like we're regularly going, oh, I've been up to this. But you are someone who I feel whenever we have chatted, I've felt a real connection and kinship with. And because of social media, I think I know a lot more than I do. So I thought you'd be a great person to actually look face to face and go, how's it all been? How are you? That's a great observation. If you think like I'm somebody who definitely my life is punctuated by my work and everything is built around my work. And I will pick like a, 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 you know, a snapshot of that work to display, to punctuate my life. So my social media is a really good representation of what I'm doing. But as you know, I don't know if that you kind of feel that same way. Those things, you you do it for a reason. You want to remember that moment. So you're not far off. If you follow my Instagram, you're not far off of what I've found important, but also you fit the nail on the head that we've all had, a different lockdown and not because we're just different people with different lives it depended on much how much time you spend on social media we've all stepped into eight billion different rooms and been i say fed i don't want to go down a different trail of conspiracy theory we, we've like 
we're, we're each at the end of a different node of news, aren't we? So like we've we've had different lockdowns. It's actually been different. Yeah. If you'd had my lockdown, you'd think that J.K. Rowling and Graham Linehan were kicking off every single day. About I'm sure they're not. It's just all I hear about because I follow loads of transgender people. And I'll, I'll go out. I did a few Zoom gigs. I mentioned it, and people are like, what do, what do you mean? I got to fill them in on that news, and I thought I thought that was ubiquitous. I thought Graham Linehan was just kicking off in the street all the time. Yeah. Sure, it's, it was once, and it's, it's been dragged out my news cycle. That's the news I get. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm convinced you're right on Graham because I feel. The lockdown has him more bored than ever, and he's just doing stupid shit to try and provoke. Again, a, uh, it's a weird one because, in my opinion, a once great comedy mind yeah, is now just doing dumb sh- shit to troll a, a, a whole body of people as such. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird things. Have you found things like that have affected you more because of isolation? Because you can't just go out and escape it. You can't just go out with your mates and not talk about it. You're kind of, as you say, in your mind, it's the whole world. Whereas if you had been able to, to, to go out more, you would have had people go, oh, I didn't really know about that. But did you see this this TV show? And, mo- and move on from it. G- give you that chance to move on rather than it become this repeated cycle. That's it, man. I- I'm very conscious that I've never in my life, unless it's like personal safety reasons, I've never blocked somebody on a on a social media app. I just, whatever I, I accrued, I just kept because I think it's really important to give you a baseline of, of humanity. I've literally never, so I do get all sorts of new stories. It's just, I'm still seem to be being fed the same stuff. Yeah, you're right. If we were out and about, it wouldn't have taken as much of our time. Oh, in terms of TV shows, uh, a big letdown for me was that American Gods has been cancelled. That I was getting right. through the lockdown. Have you seen it? Are you, are you... I, 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 I watched the first season and hadn't picked up on the second. I loved it. Yeah. I loved, yeah. as much as anything, I loved the shit that I saw that I never thought I'd see yeah. <laughs> anywhere on TV. There were some crazy visuals that I was like, oh, wow, I love that that exists. Yeah, I've never skipped past the opening credits of American Gods. It's too yeah. beautiful of a thing. Yeah. That and, uh, that and oh, what's, what's the show that Yul Brenner was in the original movie? It's going to seem silly when I say it. It'd be so Westworld. Obvious. Westworld. Never skip past those opening credits either. Too beautiful. Good opening cr- credits. I was the same on Daredevil. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I really enjoyed the opening credits of that, but purely because after like the third episode, I amused myself and I did a tweet of it. I made a little edit, but because I realized that the opening credits piano riff really matched the tune that Homer Simpson has in his head when he's in court, <laughs> when he goes, meow, 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 meow. And I did a little edit of that. So every time it was on, I was thinking of Homer before yeah. this quite serious. Um, it's not quite, uh, it's not quite. <laughs> The Pink Floyd's The Wall over, you know, <laughs> over, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on everything today, uh, over, over the rainbow, we just call it that. Over, yeah. The, the, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's similar, it's a microcosm. It's similar there. But have, have you found that TV has been important to you and your your creative mind then? Because you made an amazing video about um, Vision and what kind of even think of the name WandaVision. WandaVision. oh man thank you so much uh, you know that has been the biggest thing for me so in a nutshell the best thing is that I was so proud of the work that I've done tv in the past and this little thing we made transaction before lockdown I didn't want to take a step back and make anything that wasn't of the same budget level and then just have to just embracing that and yeah. deciding to make these silly little one day things on like my mate's mac yeah vision's got a a wine gum for for a gemstone, yeah. and that's where the whole idea come from. I <laughs> just that was like, oh, this thing, I'll, 
really, really enjoy it. I love the like the resourcefulness of trying to get what you find around the house and make make a little sketch. And it's just at that moment, it can be as niche as you want because it's probably going to be gone by tomorrow. No one's going to remember it. Um, that's that's been a real joy to explore that. But the amount of effort that that had to go in for you to play both Wonder and and Vision. Um, did you find a new appreciation for the nineties era Eddie Murphy films <laughs> where he was playing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're frowned upon comedically, but, you know, you you can now see, at least on a work ethic level, there was a lot that went into that. Oh, my God, absolutely. My my wife's got a real knack for matching people's facial bone structure with makeup, like, to spoil it. Um, I pop up as Nicolas Cage because I've done that in another sketch. It's so out of context, but it's in another sketch. But she really can nail the nose and eyebrows. Brilliant. So, yeah, I'm going to... I'm, unless it turns out that's all she can do, I think she's got quite a repertoire. But I only ask her for Nicolas Cage. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep like draining her for the different ones she can do. That's been a joy. And actually, TV is a way more big part of my life now. It paid for my lockdown. I, I picked up a little, little cheeky treatment uh, commission that's yeah. got me through till now. Since, since literally, I, I got it a week before my April 20, 2020. Wow! Yeah, surviving on that. Sweet, sweet money because it keeps needing to be redeveloped. Someone acquired it, and then I get paid to do it all over again, which is nice. And I'm in it, so it's even better. I'd be doing it for free. Don't tell them that, but like, it's nice that I'm being paid. To... Don't let them know. That's perfect. I mean, I, I really think I think entertainment should come out of all of this with more value than ever before. I don't know if it will. I doubt it will because I think we've been having, or both of us having come from music and then into you into comedy and and then into like. TV and stuff and me moving into acting they're all areas that just get devalued and devalued and devalued and we want we not want expect that them all for free but I found the importance of TV to be bigger than ever because if I'm isolated if I'm not being creative on that day if all I've got is some shows I'm going to watch that really affects where my mood is and where my mental health is if I put a show on and it's shit I'm kind of like oh man I've, I've wasted my time on that. Whereas there were certain shows I put on and it really, it just put me in this amazing place. Cause I was like, that was so beautiful or so funny or so just fun, action, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the and buzz I, phrase now as well, isn't it? Escape fun. Escapism is yeah. the word that's got knocking around TV, even though yeah. the trend in comedy has been dark comedy, like Fleabag and I hate Susie yeah. at the moment. It's no people got to just have some fun now. It's all right to just say that it doesn't devalue it to say, let's just have yeah. some fun. With it. I think you're completely right. So uh, has it helped? being isolated with your wife who's going to embrace your creativity and 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 your and all the all the things that you want to do has that kind of been key because as you say if she's spending hours making you up as Nicolas Cage and and numerous other things that's got to be a positive because I know there's and it's perfectly fine but I've known a lot of, of couples over the years that they don't share in each other's creativity and that can be tough again it's fine you don't have to I'm not a believer that you all have to have the exact same taste in everything otherwise it can't work i think you can have different things yeah, that you oh bring gosh. but in quarantine and and isolation i think that's probably been te- tested a lot more than in normal life yeah you know? just actually working together with somebody on something you know is not a lot of th- people aren't getting that privilege you know if, yeah. if you love your job and it was a job where you're surrounded by other people me and my wife working together on this ridiculous sketch. She's not in the in the industry in the site. She just likes the being around the costumes and the makeup. Love it. Working together to create something by the end of the day is um, 
is a feeling that I didn't realise how much I missed until we, we were doing it. We're like sort of colleagues for the day to get it done. It's really sweet. She's, it's, that's, that's been a real joy. I've learned to cook as well, and that's collaborative because she yeah. has specific dietary requirements. And that's nice. It's nice to use her inputs there. Yeah, it's like that. that I, I didn't realise how much I appreciated it. I've devalued <laughs> my wife's involvement, my wife's level <laughs> of entertainment until um, I really needed it. Yeah, TV, man. That's the that's the buzz phrase. I, I didn't realise how much I loved not just what's on TV, just TV. I yeah. love good, bad. I Now I appreciate how much work's gone into it. I love seeing that and nourishing stories coming out that's yeah i'm never gonna underappreciate it ever again i, I, I love it well you, you touched on the start on kind of the negative of social media and how it can bring a lot of heavy views into your life all the time do you feel it's also been key for you for communicating because again I, not to keep going back to it but the one division one the queen's gambit one and things like that were all i guess ways of being able to remind people that you exist and who you are and what you do. And I think anyone in the creative arts normally gets to do that all the time without realising how important it is to them. You get up on stage or you do this or you do that or you, you go to work. When that's taken away from you, it can be really jarring and confusing, I guess. Okay. So has that been an important avenue f- for you to be able to go, look, hello, I'm me. I'm, I do stuff. I was uh, I was six months late on the Tiger King thing. I did a little Tiger King thing that was so out of the news. I was, I was waiting for it to get a second win, but it didn't happen. Uh, and so it was, it was a conscious effort to be a little bit more topical. But um, I'm not political. I can't. I'm, I'm I am a left leaning, well meaning idiot, and I'm happy with that. I do my best to do the right thing and and you know say the right thing because I want to. But I, I'm not up to date enough with it all to to satirize the news so yeah. all i can do is whatever's new on disney plus uh, yeah. or whatever's big and those things seem to be to, to hit it. the most people yeah and i mean it's been the same news on cycle for a good year or so now so they're yeah i've heard talk too much to do so to, to wrap things up kind of how are you feeling as we start to come out of this are you excited are you anxious obviously you've had work stuff bubbling over this whole period that's probably given you more time than ever to to fine-tune everything are you excited to get back to work or yeah where's your head at with all of this yeah man i can't wait to be in a room with other people working on stuff i'd like that immediate thing and it, it, we've we've got pretty close with zoom but i don't know there's something about but the fact that we got up and traveled to be with each other maybe that adds an extra level of, of luck yeah like, oh we better do a good job today then <laughs> you're right it's it, it, it makes me think of like I, we spoke about devaluing music, I think in the old days when the fact that you had to buy a CD, and for me, I couldn't afford many, so that's maybe my CD for that month or for the next couple of months. It meant more; it had more value. Whereas, whereas everything's available at all times, it has less less value. So, I think there is an equivalency there of I've had to travel to be in this room with you, whereas I could sit at home and talk to everyone either via social media or via zoom so yeah i think yeah. that's a great a, a great thing that maybe will we'll value more those those yeah. moments well yeah. thank you very much for taking some time to, uh, to have a little chat it's been a pleasure it has thanks so much for having me man uh you're looking very well and i look forward to seeing you in the flesh should you feel like you want to do that <laughs> this is fine though don't at feel some point. no yeah. no i look forward to it all right man <laughs>
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Jordan Gray. Two Jordans in one episode, right? What more can you ask for? Um, I'll be back on Friday with one more Where Is Your Head At for this week. But as I said, we're doing them every Wednesday for the, the whole month of May. There's going to be at least six episodes. I'm thinking of sneaking in a seventh as well, which will be terrible news for my producer, Buddy Peace. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. As said, if this is your first episode listening, go back and listen to the rest of the Where's Your Head At episodes. And maybe if there's anyone in particular here that you enjoyed, go back and listen to their full Distraction Pieces episode. But also take some time out for yourself. If if anything you're listening to is is ringing home or making you realise that you've maybe struggled more than you've acknowledged, reach out to someone, whether it be a friend or family member, or or as said, there's loads of great charities that I encourage you to support, whether it be Mind, whether it be Samaritans, whether it be Calm, the campaign against living miserably, any of these charities can help you and I encourage you to use them and to support them. As said, I'll be back on Friday uh, with more Where's Your Head At? So until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.